How often have you heard your students say, when am I ever going to use this? Applied learning is up for discussion in this edition of the Inside Scoop. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Inside Scoop. I'm David Owen. We're here to provide you with information that hopefully can help your students succeed. If you like what you hear, be sure to click like, subscribe, and click that notification bell so you'll be alerted to the new podcasts when they're released each Wednesday. Now, when it comes to long-term understanding of a concept, few things are as impactful as applying what you've learned in a classroom. Think about it. Science labs, historical reenactments, and the like are what tend to stick in your mind as you think back on school in your later years. Here in Cobb, we have an entire department that focuses on that very thing. Joining us today is Dr. Joseph Woodruff, Director of the Applied Learning and Design Department. Welcome to the podcast, Joseph. Thank you for having me. So Applied Learning and Design, I mean, that's uh, when I read the, the title of your department, my first thought was, what? <laughs> yeah. So we get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you kind of explain what your your department is like overall and how it relates to the rest of, of schooling curriculum? Yeah. W yes. And thank you, first of all, for letting me do this today, because, sure. of course, we get that question a lot. As we said, applied learning seems to be very descriptive in itself because mm -hmm. it is learning that we then take and apply either in real world situations or to lessons, performative tasks. But again, we um take all of the standards that we're teaching across of across our content areas and mm -hmm. we do try and apply them to uh, as I said performative tasks performances um, projects it's not quite as simple though as some people will try and make it we don't want applied learning to just translate into classwork and then some kind of culminating project right. is formative all along the way. So if we are covering standards, say for example, in fine arts, uh -huh. we're gonna be covering our standards and learning our lessons and our content is going to be kind of generically growing and students are going to individualize that learning themselves. So as they're progressing, they are able to display their knowledge in some, typically a performance for band, orchestra, chorus. Oh yeah. And um, they know where they are, they know where they need to go. And so that formative assessment along the way is just critical and it happens all of the time. So again, when we talk about applied learning, we do want to let everybody know that we're taking all of that knowledge and all of that practice and we are displaying it in some kind of active way, not typically paper and pencil, but there is some mm -hmm. kind of active display of our knowledge. And yeah. we find that more realistic because I've said in the past, how often does your boss come to you and say, could you fill this form out for me? And then you give it back, they grade it and they give it back to you. <laughs> well, now, wait a minute. That's more like his, his uh, executive assistant saying I filled out a form wrong for sure. I don't know, mileage sure. reimbursement or whatever. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the real world isn't forms and, and paperwork necessarily. Although, I guess, in a government entity, it is, right? Well, um, there is the <laughs> auditing part of life. There is that. Accountability is important. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to, uh, I, I, well, like in the open, just applying what you've learned, 
that that's not only sinking the education in deeper, but it's also engaging the student, right? Yes, yes. Isn't that a big part of That teaching? is a huge part of what we talk about. And uh, for this part, I might reference our arts integration work that we do through um, visual arts and uh, the general choral music, theater, and dance supervisors. They do a lot of arts integration work across many levels. A lot of them... Um, Typically, are elementary schools because we're really trying to hit those early learners sure. as well. Yeah. South Cobb Early Learning Center has started to participate in arts integration training, mm -hmm. but that training is specifically tying fine art standards and general ed standards together. Both sets of standards are assessed, but you are using both to mm -hmm. teach the content. Again, for example, if I'm teaching a social studies lesson mm -hmm. and I'm looking at, um, I think uh, fifth grade has uh, World War II in their social studies standards. Okay. So yeah. if I'm teaching standards, social studies standards about World War II, and I'm looking at a, a visual art representation, some portrait from that era. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of our strategies is that we may create a tableau. We may have the students look at the picture, think about what's happening, take on different roles and create a tableau to portray what's happening in that picture. OK, let me let me pause you just just for a moment. We strive here to avoid any edulingo okay. <laughs> edu speak. So I've been remiss and and uh, calling you out, I guess, is the right right <laughs> term. Uh, now, uh, when you say tableau, yeah. can, can you elaborate and uh, describe what you're talking sure. about? A tableau is a French word for a frozen picture. Okay. So, um, you know, as students and teacher, we would have a discussion about the content and the social studies content. Okay. But then we would use that fine arts standard, that theater standard right. of the frozen picture. And so the students would then, rather than just continue their discussion, um, they would have to get up and portray that concept, the social studies content and that concept with that frozen picture. Another example could be that they are taking on the role of someone in the picture, mm -hmm. uh, uh, perhaps a World War II soldier or perhaps um, the flag in the background. And you may be telling your story um, based on the perspective of that object okay the flag being an inanimate object but right. still if you're thinking you're taking on that personification which again is a you know a language arts term mm -hmm. um you know tying those contents together we're crossing the hemispheres of the brain yeah and so we're making kind of um making deeper connections, connections yeah, absolutely that stick with the memory of the student and the teacher um, more vividly. So we challenge the teachers that are trying these applied learning concepts to talk to their students and say, hey, did you go home today and talk to your parents of what you learned? And so many of them are able to tell their parents what they did in school and stop yeah. that standard answer of, I didn't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was, my, my brain was going there. So what'd you yeah. do in school today? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, it happens a lot. But we, uh, again, with the applied learning, we want to make those connections across all the content because you live life across content. So yeah. You don't isolate when you 
Well, here, what we're doing now, we're communicating with each other. We're looking at each other's eyes. I'm right. gesturing. I'm trying to <laughs> engage you. So those uh -huh. are kind of theatrical things that like live in my body. Sure. And so if I'm allowed to use those and then my teacher brings in theatrical standards to tie into my math learning, my language arts learning, then that content to me is going to live in me. Sure. It's, it's going to be uh, more part of your everyday mm -hmm. living. So this is a little bit of a, a curveball question for you. That I've heard of uh, people being kinetic learners, some being auditory learners, visual learners. Is this all kind of rolling that together for deeper learning in all subjects? Is that um, the gist? Absolutely. Of it? We. It, it looks different uh -huh. for different areas, of sure. course, but you brought up kinetic learning. So I'm, of course, thinking of health and PE. Uh -huh. I visited a health and PE class not long ago for a middle school, and they were um, actively tying in their health and, well, their PE standards, their movement standards mm -hmm. to math. They were, oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, they had um, stations set up where there were math situations. Uh -huh. And so the kids would be given problems and they had to solve them. And then they had to physically either slide or skip or whatever um, their assigned PE standard was because they have skipping, jumping, hopping. So we're tying all of that together. And uh -huh. so they're able to reinforce the content that they're learning in math while they're doing PE. We don't ever want to cut into one or the other. Both are absolutely important and kids need to learn math. Right. They need to learn a healthy lifestyle. They need to learn to be active. So we don't want to emphasize one over the other right. ever. But Tying them together, again, these students, when they're leaving, they're happier. They have, uh, they've been engaged the whole time during class. Um, you know, it doesn't eliminate every problem, but mm -hmm. it certainly can eliminate a lot of those problems that you encounter with downtime. Oh, yeah. Because kids are driving their own learning. The teacher doesn't have to be right with every student all the time right and to keep their momentum going and i'm sure that it probably helps a little bit with behavioral things too it in that does case, right? it does we've heard that many times um that you know engaged students they're happy students oh. they're involved students they're again they're driving their learning and i am remiss because i didn't start with what our motto is in applied learning what's that uh, well we have hashtag doing drives learning so Everything that we do needs to lead to something active that we are going to do, and we're going to show our learning through some sort, again, of performative task, something that we're going to display rather than just put on a piece of paper and stick up. You've got, what, seven different uh, uh, course areas? That we you... have seven different supervisors. There okay. are several contained in a couple of them. So it's a little more than seven departments, but, yes, yeah, seven supervisors okay. that work in applied learning. Okay. Pop quiz. Can you name them? I can. <laughs> Probably I can. in your sleep. Here we go. Okay, so we have fine arts, and that's divided up into several areas. So we have band and orchestra. Mm -hmm. uh, we have visual arts and learning design. We have general and choral music, theater, and dance. And, and that's what you used to be over That right? is what I did. And okay. so my love of fine arts still, I um, that was one of the best parts about this interview process for director of applied learning and design was <laughs> knowing, number one, the people that I would get to work with. Yeah. Two, knowing I wouldn't be leaving fine arts behind. Right. Totally. You're still connected. Yeah. I, and I'm sorry for the interruption. No, it's okay. Continue. I think it gave me a minute to 
regather <laughs> my thoughts. Um, CTAE uh-huh. and uh, STEM, STEAM, and innovation. And then we have health and PE, so health and physical education, and library media education. <laughs> okay. Library media education. Now, uh, I'm sorry. I, I apologize in advance <laughs> if I insult media teachers and so forth. They're very important. They are. But how often do we hear of them referred to as the librarian? Too uh, often. Okay. Because they do so much more than what we think Um, they do, right? Absolutely, they do. And this really has been one of the most interesting parts of coming into this new role since July. Mm -hmm. Um, Holly Freelow is our supervisor for library media education, and she works with her media specialists diligently to make the media center not just a place where you go to get a book and you leave. Right, right. They are trying to transform the spaces, working through SPLOST, transform our media centers into learning commons, and really make them great spaces for kids to come and certainly do more than just get a book and read. It's not, you know, you don't get shushed every time you come into the media center anymore. <laughs> you come in, you can do research. The media right. specialist is there to really be the teacher of record for the media center. So he or she would be there to help, if we went as a student, help us find the resources that we need. Mm-hmm. They can help with some research. They can help me, I can, they can certainly help me find a book for pleasure reading as well, but sure. there's so many much more that's going on because these spaces that they're transforming these um, media centers into, again, learning commons now is our term, trying to make them inviting spaces and open spaces so that kids can come and be collaborative together. Because again, kids that are having conversations about what they're interested in and what they're learning, Mm -hmm. again, these conversations lead to enhanced learning and more retention sure. of the knowledge and understanding in, in general exactly. it's not memorization anymore it is not memorization anymore yes <laughs> i certainly <laughs> had that experience in school had a great experience in cop county education but i did have my fair share of memorizing oh i'm that's an area of education i could do without but that frankly. was that was long ago <laughs> yeah well back in the 1900s it's a different <laughs> issue um so I, a, a minute ago i said i wasn't going to let you get away with uh edu-speak, uh in terms of <laughs> but you mentioned ctae uh, what exactly is ctae i mean we do love our acronyms uh ctae is a career technical and agricultural education and it is a juggernaut of a program in Cobb. The state um, runs 17 programs under CTAE. Um, We run 16 of those 17, and the 17th is in the works. Really? Yes. So what what is that? Manufacturing. But wouldn't that be like a big money to invest in? I mean... It is, but of course, to get the quality of program that Cobb always tries to (laughs) adhere to, it can be... um, a capital investment. Yeah, that runs. any higher costs money to. Yes, yes, yes. But we are pursuing it. I mean, Art O'Neill is the supervisor for um, CTAE, and he does a wonderful job with his team to keep these 16 and hopefully 17 programs running beautifully across schools. It's a six through 12 program. They have a lot of middle schools that are participating, but uh-huh. the focus is high school. And if you ever want to see applied learning, in action, visit the CETA campus, that's C-I-T-A, CETA campus uh-huh. on the Osborne High School okay. 
And that and that acronym stands for Career Innovation and Technology Academy. Perfect. Wow, I got one right. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. That's always good to have that success every now and then. Yeah, it it is amazing. I certainly encourage everybody to it go. is an awesome facility mm-hmm. a big investment thank you splost because yeah. that that commitment has paid off already for mm-hmm. graduates i think they've oh, been for in. sure and so that's one of the the biggest things about applied learning that we love to bring up and talk about our our graduation rates in our programs Mm -hmm. tend to be in the 90s all the way up to 100 percent students that are completing pathways in applied learning programs for example chorus band orchestra visual arts these ctae pathways Uh they'll run from 94% graduation rate all the way up to 100% graduation rate in our pathways. Um, And we feel like this this happens because kids are involved in these programs. Obviously, it's feeding their passion. It's feeding their love of whatever the content is. They're engaged. They are engaged. It's getting them to school and it's keeping them in school. They see the value and they're able to show what they know in a way that they feel so proud that they want to come and they want to continue. Um, One of the other things I I wanted to mention about all of these CTAE programs is Mm -hmm. they feed directly into vocations. These kids are graduating with jobs many, many times. Again, the best example that I can think of right now is the firefighting program yeah. that CTAE has running. These students, I almost called them kids, they're not kids, right. they're young adults, and as they go through, they show maturity beyond what could be expected of them. They just excel in these programs, and so they graduate with jobs Already lined already up. Already lined up. Yeah. And uh, I, I know that, that, and that, frankly, that that's a whole other podcast. We probably ought to <laughs> schedule. Yes, but yes. I, I know that Cobb County uh, Fire Department has actually coordinated with yeah. you guys to mm-hmm. make this happen. And so we're not only graduating uh, students with productive skill sets, but we're also, frankly, protecting our community because there's been a shortage right for sure yes not not to hyper focus on that particular program but it's a very worthwhile thing for the student and the community at large tell us a Mm -hmm. little bit about how stem and steam are uh, a part of the curriculum daily and uh, you know what that means to students education it's just such an engaging program because STEM and we we add in STEAM because uh, with fine arts we add that A in for the arts but it's you know yeah, science I, technology engineering and math I was going to re- reprimand myself no, for using okay. it, for it was my turn defining it but yes um, that's our, our acronym for STEM and uh, STEAM we add in the A for the arts because of course our fine arts supervisors work very closely with Dr. Creel uh-huh. um, the supervisor of STEM she, yeah, and innovation she is awesome. Yeah. She's amazing. I yeah. mean, she's amazing. And um, the there are there are just so many programs running. I wish, you know, I could just read the list of programs that she has running. Fly Girls, uh, Girls Who Game. There are lots of, again, active 
ways for these students to apply the science that they're learning, the engineering, yeah. the problem solving. I mean, that is really just one of the most critical parts of what those programs do, that problem solving aspect. Because of course, um, lots of us can learn vocabulary, memorize facts. Uh -huh. And as long as it comes up exactly that way on a test, yeah. I'm good. I'll get the, I'll fill in the blanks the right way. But if you're trying to take the knowledge that the teacher is sharing with you and that you're processing, and then you're applying it to a different situation, a different concept, yeah. trying to create a new way to showcase that knowledge, that's a different ball game. Yeah. And that's what these kids are doing. And that's what these programs are doing. I, I was just gonna interject that uh, a minute ago, you, you said uh, Fly Girls, which by the way is a, a drone, thing right is, uh, so they I have know. to understand a little bit about aerodynamics and how things yes. move and so forth uh, it's not the from the in living color show years no. ago oh no uh, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> make, make that very clear um <laughs> but there also uh, uh program uh, the name of the program eludes me but uh, uh coding is basically what it was yeah. um so these are again these are getting students familiar with skill sets that are actually being used in the in the workforce yeah. right so For if sure. nothing else they can whet an interest in absolutely it. i mean that that's a great example there's um the coding example mm -hmm. ctae again we've talked about how they're feeding directly into vocations back to the fine arts the um Entertainment industry in Georgia is oh, billions. Huge. 62 and a half billion is the number that pops Could into my head. I hope that's not wrong. Um, it's up there. It regardless. is up there. And these programs are, again, funneling workers ready to be productive. Mm -hmm. Because so much of what we've heard in the past is that students are graduating without those soft skills right. that they need to make those relationships and keep those jobs and apply knowledge. And so these programs are trying to address that. And then these students are graduating and able to go into the workforce and right. not only keep jobs, but get promotions. Or be create successful, jobs. Create I jobs, I mean, we're, yes. we're talking about not worker bees necessarily. No, uh, right. We're talking about people who can critically think, who can solve problems like you just said mm -hmm. and uh do things right out of the gate and that that's huge that's yeah. massive well thank you so much for sharing all the is there anything else that you want to throw oh, in there of course there's just so <laughs> now, much wait a minute. We, we only have like 15, know, 20 I know, minutes i know here, i feel like um there's just so much that are in these departments uh -huh. that i could never get it all out yeah for cobb to put the attention into its own department of applied learning Cobb County School District is clearly showing that student success is the most important priority mm -hmm. because we know that what we do is engaging and it's active and kids are learning and thriving. Mm -hmm. Growing, graduating, and beyond. Mm -hmm. So if, if you'd like to learn more about the applied learning and design part of academics, you can find that info on our website, cobbk12.org or just click the links in the show notes. And if you found the information in this podcast helpful, make sure you pass it along to a friend who might also be interested, just like you. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.